Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Newsgram. Are you ready to change the world? I say that all the time, but today we're actually going to do it. Stick around because before this show is over, you're not only going to learn how to reverse climate change, but you're going to be presented with an infinite source of energy. How about that? One of my personal goals is to leave the world a better place than I found it. It's the same way I feel about every job I've ever had. Whether or not I've been successful in that, it's really not for me to decide. I mean, I'm biased, but making a positive contribution to the workforce, to the Internet, to the hearts and minds of anyone brave enough to listen to this podcast, it's about all I can do. I hold no public office, and at my age, I simply don't have the ability to lead corporations into making planet-friendly decisions. But I can read, I can listen, and I can vote. I can also share what I've learned, and maybe that's the best way to begin, by just sharing. Where am I going with all this? Sometimes we do what we do out of habit or out of old ways of thinking that we simply haven't taken the time to examine properly. I found a book with a very provocative title, The One Pill Fix, A Simple Cure for an Ailing Planet. It's by Andy Kirkwood. A one pill fix to cure an ailing planet? I mean, if it's that simple, I want in. This particular book takes on all kinds of issues, like the secondary housing market, homelessness, the penal system, or the real problem of climate change. For Andy, it all started with a bit of traveling, and not just a trip to the Grand Canyon. It was during his first circumnavigation of the globe. Everywhere I went was having the hottest, the coldest, the wettest, the latest, the earliest. Temperatures, rainfall, everything was off the scale everywhere. This was 1987, and I came back and said, something's going on. I don't know what it is, but something's going on with the planet. And that was way before anybody started talking about climate change or global warming or anything, and nobody listened to me at the time. So I started trying to get that message out. Wow, 1987. I mean, I remember listening to Al Gore talk about climate change back in 1993, and I thought he was a forerunner. And our former vice president has now spent decades calling for action. So, as you can see, it's not easy to get people to listen. In his book, Andy Kirkwood asks some very interesting questions, and I think this is a great place to pause and to say them out loud. Are you someone that is concerned about the state of the world and wondering why the issues and problems that are plaguing mankind never get fixed? Have you found yourself concerned about the widening wealth-to-poverty gap? I mean, the rich just keep getting richer, right? And when you see your planet in peril, and you know that there are problems in your community, but you can also see a simple solution, what do you do to awaken the people? How do you get people to act? And and more to the point, how do you try and get governments to act in an appropriate manner? It's a very difficult thing to do. That is the question, right? I cannot change your mind or make you do anything you don't want to do. And I wouldn't want to. But I would like to encourage you to open your mind to new possibilities. If you're a staunch Republican or a lifelong Democrat, I would encourage you to listen to the other side and seriously consider their opinion. Agree or disagree, that's your right, but open your mind, listen, know where they stand and why they feel that way. Then question where you stand and why you feel the way that you do. It might trigger some real thinking. Andy has chosen to write a book and to do a lot of other things to help spread the word about important issues. How do you get that message across? People do some extreme things, don't they, to try and get it across? The other day I read about an activist in Arizona who scaled a tall building without any ropes or a safety net just to bring awareness to the pro-life movement. People do all kinds of crazy things to draw attention to their causes. 
Andy has taken a more traditional path toward getting his message out. Take a listen to all of his efforts. First thing you do is you talk about it. You tell as many people as you can. You try and write blue touch papers. You hope that people take the information on board and that they go and tell their friends and you start some kind of avalanche that way. And then I thought about maybe just creating a website, sanity, and having, you know, what would you choose? Would you choose the way it is because the way the world is is not that great or would you rather have it you know a, a different way and the difference between having it the way it is and the way that really works it turns out is not that great you don't have to make much of a sacrifice for that and then I started doing uh, satirical stand-up comedy because then you've got an audience and you make people laugh and there are plenty of comedians who've done that who can get a message across in just a couple of lines uh, you know, it makes people laugh, but you go away with that piece of information. I started working for a radio station so I could have a wider audience. And then it struck on me that standing as, you know, for the MP seat was a good way because you promote yourself from the audience where you're gritting your teeth, listening to this garbage that these people up on the stage are telling you because they don't have free will. You know, if you're a member of the Conservative Party, you have to say what the Conservatives say, you can't exercise free will, and you get up on the stage and then you can say what you think because you're an independent and you say what you think. I had a political party called the Movement for Active Democracy and the acronym is MAD and I thought that was kind of a bit bumper stickerable. You know, don't go crazy, go mad, come on, go mad everybody because I want people to go mad, you've got to go mad but what you're trying to do is unravel a lifetime of programming that they've put into you a bit of clarification is needed here. Now, Andy is from the UK, and most of the issues he talks about in his book are global. His methods are universal. But when he mentions the MAD Party, he's talking about the Movement for Active Democracy, MAD. It's an alternative British political party created by Andy that endorses the Swiss model of government. It's where anyone can propose a policy and force the issue to a referendum if they can gather enough support. Because of that, a local paper said, look, we'll give you a page. And so I started writing articles and um, and then I started getting quite a following. One of the teachers, local teachers at school, was using them for their general studies because everybody can see an issue. My articles were seeing an issue and then suggesting a very simple solution. And that's basically was the journey there. I really admire Andy Kirkwood. He has put forth a Herculean effort to inform about all kinds of issues and to get people to think and to question the things that we've been told all of our lives. Why do we work five days a week and we only get two days off? Why such limited recreation? What about pregnancy or maternity leave? Do you get any in your office? Because it used to be about six weeks. Anyway, there's a fun quote in his book that goes, Ask a Frenchman to do a bit of free overtime. See what he has to say. Tell the Germans that they're only getting four weeks of holiday a year and check their reaction. Maybe the Spaniards wouldn't mind missing their famous siestas to help the economy a little bit. I don't think any of them would like any of that. I just thought it was pretty funny because Andy, like I said before, is from the UK and they work harder than most of their European neighbors. But compare that with our lives here in the U.S. I was just talking about this the other day with my wife. The work-life balance here in America is insane. Four weeks vacation, are you kidding? How many of us have never had one? I could go on all day long about this, but it's the thing that I love most about his book. You simply can't put it down. It'll fire you up, and it'll get you to think. So he must be making a difference, right? Of all of the issues that I addressed and suggested very simple solutions for, not one single one was addressed by government. 
Not one. Wow. And he has a theory about that. So get ready. But I do need to warn you that Andy and I are kindred spirits here. So much of this is up to you to decide how you feel. Listen and give it some thought. I mean, I do feel we would rather have a treatment for a disease rather than a cure because it keeps people paying for drugs. That's just my theory. But he does have his own thoughts about debt and government control. The reason is, is because the government don't make decisions. They follow orders. And the people who give them the orders don't want them to solve the problems. They want us to be in need. They want us to have things in short supply. They want us to be not able to quite make ends meet because that's what keeps us on our toes. Once you give people the luxury of time, they start thinking. So it's all about control, which is also why they prefer people to get married and get big mortgages and all that sort of thing, because you're so busy chasing a tail, trying to pay everything, that you don't have time to think. And who would you rather control? Would you rather control 12 guys who are single and got loads of money and going down the pub and chatting about the state of the country? Or would you rather control 12 guys who've got huge mortgages, four kids and don't step out of line? See what I mean? It's a lot to think about. So let's take a step back and look at our first issue, the one of climate change. Now, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of arguing about whether or not it's even real. Seems silly to me. Much of it comes down to control. There's that word again. And I need to give you one more example from my own life before we continue on, because I did promise you an answer to climate change. Recently, my air conditioning system went out and it needed to be replaced. So as part of that, I got a cool new thermostat that comes with an interesting new feature. If enabled, it would allow the utility company to turn it on and off at will. Imagine that. Smart meters, evil step to control because they can can turn your heating on and off as they choose remotely. Don't get a smart meter, whatever you do. Is it an honest attempt to manage resources? Well, it could be, maybe. Are we really trying to solve the problems at hand? Doesn't feel like it. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but you can't deny some of the things that he's talking about. Are we seeing an increase in the domination of the uber-wealthy? We pay a lot of attention to rich people. What about special interests and special interest money? Maybe you feel like their time has passed. They've had their 15 minutes, but maybe not. Is it finally time to think seriously about global peace and shared prosperity? Can we really solve climate change or reverse climate change and supply the world's population with infinite energy? This is how you solve climate change. You extract energy from the oceans. We're talking currents. Bottom of the sea isn't flat. It's got hills and mountains and blah, blah, blah. So you get currents focused in certain areas. It's a huge amount of power. Deep sea turbines placed in an array on the seabed is completely predictable. It's not like wind, where we've got no wind today, therefore we've got no power. Completely predictable. You want to see how much power you get from it at three minutes past 10 on January the 14th, 2027? Well, let's look it up because we know exactly how the tides are going to be running. It's out of sight, it's out of mind, energy forever and ever, amen. Gravitational pull of the sun and the moon around the Earth is essentially a perpetual motion machine for us. And we're not tapping into it properly. Write that down. Or better yet, start talking about it and see if these ideas have merit. Put it to the test. If you're currently accepting the way things are, without question, but in your heart you know that things are very, very wrong, then this book might be for you. 
If you've come to the realization that government's inability to address problems might be deliberately disguised as incompetence, or you just want to live in a world where people decide on issues, not vote for strangers who are supposed to represent them, then have a look at The One Pill Fix, a simple cure for an ailing planet by Andy Kirkwood. It should probably be sitting on your coffee table. And that will do it for this edition of Newsgram from webtalkradio.com. 